Now, it's CSL, Charlotte Sports Live. Yes, Michael has the final say. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some spirited debates. There's a lot of texts going back and forth. There's a lot of questions. Yeah, Michael Jordan will get the final word tomorrow night when the Hornets pick second overall. But Mitch Kupchak says the new owners have been speaking their minds as well. And as everybody knows, it's always good to have as many cooks as humanly <laughs> possible in one kitchen, throwing everything that they want into that pot. That's how your house works, right? Yeah, no, no. No. no, I'm not going down that road. <laughs> not even for a second. Nice try, Carla. You're welcome. And I love you. <clears throat> Charlotte Sports Live. Will Kunkel here. <laughs> Carla Gebhardt there. That's right. We did not forget about Charlotte FC. They returned from their midseason break tonight, finally on the road against the Red Bulls. And could Wake Forest keep their perfect College World Series run going? But, of course, it is the eve of the NBA draft, and so that's where we start. Yeah, so not only does Charlotte have that number two pick, they have five total picks tomorrow night but multiple people will be chiming in on the most important selection that buzz city has had in the last decade of course that second overall pick that includes the team new owners and the old owners as we have just mentioned the new owners have not technically taken over yet at the end of the day though it's jordan who gets the final say on whether it's going to be scoot henderson or brandon miller or maybe even a trade well, mitch kupchak the general manager said today that everyone's opinions will be heard i don't know if both you know, owners will be here, but they both will have, you know, spent time here. And, you know, Michael will and I will completely talk to them, get their feelings, you know, and their opinions. Uh, I'm sure there'll be some spirited debates, you know, if it's different. And I would hope, you know, and Michael's done this to me in the past, even though he's agreed with what I'm going to do, you know, he'll always just, you know, play devil's advocate just to get the debate going. So I assume that will take place as well. Um, you know, we will not operate in a vacuum. You know, the, the new owners will be in the loop. And going off of what Cupcheck said, the age old question for teams this time of year is do you draft based on roster fit or do you just take the best player available regardless of position? Which camp are the Hornets in? That's the question. And here's how Cupcheck answered that question during the draft lottery last month versus today. Two years ago, I would have said without question that we're going to take the best available player. And that, that's been, you know, our position for the last three or four years. We've got a lot more talent now than we did two or three years ago. So I think we can be a little bit picky, uh, you know, and take into consideration, you know, not only the overall talent, but also the position. I, I think several years ago, you know, it wasn't a factor at all, okay, as far as fit. You know, you we're always going to just take the best player. And I would say that's still the case today. Although we are closer to a point in time where we would consider fit, um, but we're not that team that's been in the playoffs for three or four years. And, you know, you're looking to tweak a roster and look for fit when we're not at that place right now. So obviously a, a bit of a <laughs> tune change, if you will, for Mitch. But right. either way, I, I don't <laughs> they're definitely not in a spot where you pick fit like they just aren't right. even if he's flip flopping or not, whatever you want to call it. Then he was wrong then, but he's right now. 
because they got to go out and just get talent. And, and whoever that is, they just got to make sure the best player is on their roster. And because we've continued to talk about this, they don't have an identity on this team really outside of LaMelo Ball. And so, yeah, that's why you need to go get the most talented player in the draft and build around them. And, and having two talented point guard type people, that's not a problem to have. Like, I don't think not, so. Yeah. Like if LaMelo Ball can play with Terry Rozier – He's yeah. going to be able to play with Scoot Henderson. He can play with Brandon Miller. It's all right. And we also play in a league now that is positionless basketball. Right. They, they've they played together. I know it was an all-star game in the rookie like game a couple of years ago, which doesn't really mean much. But I don't foresee it to be – you're not going to not get the best player if that's the reason. Right. That shouldn't be the reason. If you go get Brandon Miller, then you get Brandon Miller because you think he's the best player. If you get Scoot Henderson, it's because – you think he's the best player. That's why you get who you get. You're picking number two not because you're a good basketball team. You're picking number two because you're a bad basketball team. Yeah, not only that, but how many how many times are you actually going to get to pick second yeah. overall in the draft? You have to take advantage of it while you have the, the advantage. We, well, we already previewed Brandon Miller this week here on Charlotte Sports Live, so now we're going to take a deep dive into Scoot Henderson's game and his fit in Buzz City with CSL NBA scout Mike Wissett. <laughs> If the Hornets are looking to draft the best player in this year's rookie class not named Victor Wembanyama, oh! the general consensus is that it's Scoot Henderson from the G League Ignite. You know, um, just try to bring that spark to, to anywhere I go. That spark is what has captivated general managers across the NBA. Averaging 17 points last year, the 6'2 guard proved to be a reliable mid-range scorer. Got it. With skills comparable to a young Russell Westbrook. You always want a guy like me, you know, that, that dog mentality, uh, just my personality, you know, the culture I bring to the locker room. Yeah, here we go again. But whether or not it will work in Charlotte is the question everyone is asking, since the Hornets already have a point guard in LaMelo Ball. Many feel the answer instead is to draft Brandon Miller, who is a bigger player, might be a better fit. Anderson, however, disagrees. Oh! I think I fit in with Melo and, and that and the way they play over there. Um, I think I can play off the, ball, off the ball or on the ball, and that's, that's what's so uh, special about my gift, I think. As Henderson points out, he and Melo actually played together during the Rising Stars game at All-Star Weekend in 2022. It was an experience that has Henderson pumped for a potential pairing once more. How creative he is. You know, just, just seeing that up close, it, it was it was pretty cool. And here's the steal. Regardless of where he ends up, Henderson believes he's ready for the big stage. Yeah! And of course, all that comes with it. I'm living the dream. It's the dream right here. You know what I mean? This is the dream of what I've always wanted. On Thursday night, we'll find out if his wants align with Charlotte's needs. If they do, Henderson will be one happy Hornet. Michael said, Charlotte Sports Live. What a play by Scoot Henderson. The narrative around this, Mike, yeah. is what is so interesting to me. Months ago, four months, Scoot Henderson was the best player by far. Recently, Gene, or Adrian Wojnarowski and Jay Billis of ESPN have both come out and said that if the Hornets want the best player available, they easily, most certainly, go get Brandon Miller. That is, <laughs> that's the narrative that has changed in the last, I mean. Like a week. Th yeah, yeah, 36 hours it's changed. <laughs> yeah. That's not something that changes so dramatically. Like, you look at Vegas, Mike. It was yesterday, uh, Scoot was the favorite massively. Today, Brandon is the favorite. So what do you say? You've talked to scouts too. Well, it's interesting. First off, both guys not necessarily viewed as franchise players, but building block guys. Both guys have their weaknesses. Both guys are scorers primarily. In the case of Henderson, guys are looking at them and saying, you know what, he can score. He's not necessarily the best passing 
guard around there. And then here's the other thing. He's not necessarily a three-point shooter. I'm told the second he comes into the NBA, guys are going to be backing off of him and daring him to shoot that shot. To be fair, they said that about Melo, too. They, they did. And Melo is leg legitimately one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. Here's the thing. Mitch Kupchak likes guys with length. And if that's the case, Miller's the guy. I mean, it, it, the more and more I think about this, the more and more I think that they will end up taking Miller. I mean, you say that he likes the guy with length. We said the same thing about Scott Fitter or Frank Reich. They like. I was just going to bring that up. It feels yeah. like the NFL draft all over again. They like tall quarterbacks. You know what they like? Good players. Yeah. And Miller's a good player. Yeah, yeah, it's not, yeah, like, yeah, it's not like Miller's not a good player. Here's the thing. We were talking about this off here. The other thing to keep in mind is where does Melo play into this? I know you guys are just saying that, oh, yeah, they could work together. That's 100% true. But to me, I think if the Hornets make this pick, somewhere in somebody's mind back there, they're saying, well, how long are we going to have prime Melo? This guy's had injury problems. His legs have, have, have given up on him, both ankles. Situation where... Is he going to be top mellow for a while? Is he going to want to stick around Charlotte? Maybe we should have a backup plan. Maybe this is our best opportunity to get the best point guard we can get now. A lot of questions we don't know. If that's the thinking, it's scoot then, right? Yeah, if that's the case. However, on the other hand, if they're going for fit and, and guys that may necessarily Mitch likes, then it's Miller. At this point, I just don't know. It's tough to tell. I still can't get over the fact that the narrative has changed. Uh, as quickly as it did, I mean, it, it did a hairpin turn right. in 36 hours. It, 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 you, those reporters have to be getting that from somewhere, unless they are just bought and paid for, being told to say something that the new organization wants them well, to say. If you remember, Miller's stock did drop at the combine. He was going through, I think, a sinus infection. He didn't have the best answers. He didn't make the best impression with the general manager. Remember, the Hornets did bring him back for a second workout. Maybe he did a better job of conveying himself and his strengths. It's a possibility, but it is very interesting. You're right about that. Whatever. All right. We will, we will, <laughs> we'll know. Find we out will tomorrow know tomorrow night, tomorrow night on Charlotte Sports Live. So much speculation. We just did this with the NFL draft, <laughs> and it, it just see, it's so squirrely to me how, how the narrative has changed. The Hornets are a very secretive team. We, we that, do know they that. Are. They are not one to indicate one way or the other. I think Mitch Kupchak today was just saying things just to confuse people. No, well, he did. Yep. We're confused. So Mission with that, let's head to Jersey. Charlotte FC back in action following the MLS midseason break. Charlotte resuming play on the road against the New York Red Bulls tonight. Finally, it was good to see the crown back on the pitch. And the time away appeared to have worked its magic. We have Christian Kalina launches this ball, and it finds its mark with Ben Bender with the perfect touch in the box. He fires it home in the 13th minute, and Charlotte up one early. That's exciting soccer. Like, that's was, something. Yes. Someone that doesn't love soccer, that's something you could get behind. Quick scoring, we like that. 19th minute, the pass to Enzo Capetti's deflected. But look who's there to pick it up again. The number one, former number one overall pick in Bender again. Finds the corner pocket goal and 2-0 Charlotte. Now, if only the game had ended at the half, Will, in the 53rd minute, of course, New York gets one batch. Five minutes later, they get the equalizer. Two quick goals spoil the chance at three points for the crown. This one ends in a 2-2 draw, but hey, it's not a loss, and maybe that's what we should focus on. Oh. <laughs> I, I really don't think that the boys took off the, the food off the gas, not at all. So much so that they fought every ball, and we had more chances to win it us at the end than them. So I don't think at any point they took the foot off the gas. The Crown is back in action this Saturday at home against Montreal.
And the Demon Deacons were just one win away from the College World Series Finals. A rematch against the LSU Tigers, the only thing standing in their way. Highlights from Omaha next. And it's no secret that Josh Berry impressed filling in in the Cup Series this season, but that did not necessarily help him secure a full-time ride. We're going to explain that a little bit further when Charlotte Sports Live returns. The number one overall seed in Omaha Wake Forest taking on LSU with a chance to go to the College World Series final. And early on, things looked good. Bases juice, Tommy Hawk. Up the gut, that brings in two runs. It's two nothing Demon Deacons early on. Keep in mind, I just said it's early. Here we go. Bottom half, you want a shutdown inning after you score. Well, you don't get it because LSU had a man on second. Braden Jobert sends that one down the line. Cade Veloso comes in and scores. And then a bottom of the third, two on, three gone. Because now that makes it 5-2. The pitching to start was not great for Wake Forest. Couldn't find the plate, and when they did, it got hammered. And then they had one more chance they could have get the job done. LSU wins 5-2. They force another game. That will happen tomorrow. The winner will go to the finals. And finals go to NASCAR. Because we have been wondering, ever since Kevin Harvick announced that he was going to retire, who is going to take that seat? Because that is a coveted seat. Yeah, and although there's been ongoing talks about Josh Berry being that man, Stuart Haas Racing made it officially official today. Xfinity Series driver for Junior Motorsports, Josh Berry, will be the driver that takes over for the will of the number four starting next season. Tony Stewart, Kevin Harvick, and Berry's future crew chief, Rodney Childers, echoed just how much of a fit Barry was for the four team in their announcement today. It's a decision that SHR had come to before the season even started, which it feels maybe a little ironic considering Barry went on to fill in for Hendrick Motorsports for the injured Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman. Stuart Haas says that they see Barry in the car only really kind of confirmed the decision a little bit more. Uh, that definitely made us excited. Like I said, we were behind the scenes smiling and excited about that because it just gives him an opportunity to get in these cars, get laps, um, and with a good group that, that could help him. So, uh, you know, he, he definitely filled a role that needed filled there, and, and I thought he did a great job. We all did. And it just made us that much more excited about him coming on board next year. Uh, you know, the majority, if not, not all, of my meetings with Stuart Haas were before the season started. So to get the timing of all that is incredible when you think about it, and um, you know, to, to for all those stars to align, to and, and give me a full-blown audition and experience at the cup level, it was it was a huge, huge uh, um, moment, and, and I was able to you know I was able to learn a lot throughout that process. Let's do that hockey real quickly because the Hockey Hall of Fame class of 2023 has one big name missing from the list. Carolina Hurricanes head coach Rod Brindamore once again finding himself on the outside looking in. This year's class is headlined by the New York Ranger great goalie Henrik Lundqvist, not Rod Brindamore. Here's a look at Brindamore's career resume. He has met so much to hockey in the Carolinas, winning a cup as the Canes captain in 2006, also an all-star in 92, a two-time Selkie winner for the league's best two-way forward, and nearly 12 100 career points. That seems like enough there. Then you add on the solid coaching career with 226 wins compared to just 107 losses. He won Coach of the Year in 2021, and the man is still not yet a Hall of Famer. Gotta think that call comes eventually.
But the US Open at Pinehurst is now just under 12 months away. Here why the players are excited about their return to the course next. We're just one year away from the U.S. Open. Coming back to Pinehurst number two, this will mark the fourth U.S. Open at the prestigious course and the 11th USGA Championship held there. The event will take place June 13th through the 16th, and it's the history that makes its return even more exciting for the players and for the fans. Now, Pinehurst number two is Donald Ross's masterpiece, and it's challenged the best players in the game since 1907. And it's amazing that it stayed relevant with all the advances in technology. Pinehurst number two and the beautiful greens of number two can still challenge the best players. So I think the history of Pinehurst number two is what makes it really special to players because they know all of the greats who've ever played the game played that golf course before they did. Tickets for the 2024 U.S. Open at Pinehurst Resort are now on sale. Time for one of our favorite segments, Quick Six. Two minutes on the clock. Any question on one? Bonus question to start. Brian, what would you shoot at Pinehurst number two? Ninety. Ninety. Ninety? <laughs> on what front? <laughs> on, on the first hole. Yeah. No, I would shoot ninety because I'm positive of that. Although I was saying right off camera there, I was like, I hate that course because it's so hard. <laughs> All right, let's get this thing moving. Brian, time to make a final prediction. Who do the Hornets take at number two tomorrow night? Scoot Henderson, that's what I'm going to go with. That's it. That's it. All righty. He gave, an, he gave an answer. That's the first time he's ever done that. But there were only two choices. So. Amazing. Do you want me to pontificate <laughs> a little bit? No, we're good. Carlin, did Charlotte make all five of their picks? I don't think so. I can see them maybe making four and maybe trading one for more capital later. We'll see, though. I agree. Mike, what are your expectations? What are fair expectations for whoever Charlotte takes at number two. Well, there, there is a significant drop between number one and then two and three. I think both guys are going to be building block guys. I think they're going to have an impact, but they're not going to be franchise players. This was awesome today. Um, Brandon Miller told <laughs> media that his basketball goat ain't Michael Jordan and ain't even LeBron James. It's Paul George, PG-13. There's I, no question here. It's just letting you know that. Well, you know, I don't think it's that much of a ridiculous statement because he didn't see Jordan playing <laughs> when he grew up. He's a 20-year-old kid. So yeah. he saw LeBron play, but They're George is who he probably modeled his Paul game Paul George after. ain't even the best player I mean, on his team. That's <laughs> who he, it resonated with him. Probably the player. real competition he saw Jordan play were against the Monstars, and those guys were little nerd alien things, and they didn't really seem to compare to, turn. you know, Jordan, you know, <laughs> NBA Mike, guys. So I get it, yeah. <laughs> He watched Space Jam. We have 40 seconds. Mike, you don't mind if we move on, do you? <laughs> 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 Carla, yes. your turn. Mm -hmm, thanks. Tony Stewart says sponsorship for the wide open is wide open for the number four. Who should it be? Uh, I think Josh Berry. He should do like a Bo Berry biscuit car <laughs> for Bo Jangles. Idea. I feel like it. that would be Mike. Huh? Not your question. <laughs> well, it's my question. We're gonna kick him out. Can no. we do that? Unfortunately, I gotta ask him a question now. <laughs> you could challenge any current Carolina pro in a competition. Who would it be, and what would the challenge be? Uh, me and uh, Michael Terry, Jordan. Ter no, but, uh, he's not. He's the. Me and Terry Rozier will do a. We'll do a half court shooting contest. Out of I everything? thought he was going to be more creative than that. I like talking to Terry. Him and I go like back an, to when I covered him in Louisville. Any chance I get to hang out with Terry, I'm going to take advantage of it. An eating competition or, you know, yeah. something. Fine. Yeah. All right. Me and Bradley Bozeman, all his Bojangles, No, your turn's already biscuits. over. No. It's the clock's gone. I'm done. Great quick six, Mike. Thanks for doing Bye -bye. all that. All right, the season already looking promising for Providence Day High School, who's putting in the work up at Chapel Hill. The Chargers went undefeated to win the King of the Hill 7-on-7 seven -seven championship. We got more crown roving moments just like that ahead. Mike, go. <laughs>
right. for our crown. Oh, oh, I was just going to go right into it. Go, then okay. do it. You All right, my QC crown goes to Skylar Callahan of Sports Illustrated. Of course, one of our own here in Charlotte covers the Panthers and the Hornets. He shared on Twitter that he, his dad, his wife, they were hit straight on in a car accident, but they're all okay. So just Jeez. amazing that they are doing well and, and just want to send our, our best wishes and prayers to him. Yeah, Skylar, take care, brother, and uh, your whole family too. That's terrifying. Mine's a little different. Uh, mine's going to Frankie Louvu, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, because he became a U.S. citizen. Posted on Instagram today that God bless America, he became a U.S. citizen. Just absolutely awesome. Go about it the right That's way. That's a hard thing to do, too. Yeah, it's it awesome. It takes time, man. It's well-deserved, well-earned, Frankie. Congrats. We'll see you tomorrow night, draft night, in case you haven't heard. <laughs>